on a search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. All right. Well, welcome to episode five. Yes, episode episode five. five. Yeah. Holy moly! We're halfway to ten, man. Imagine wow. when we hit double digits, dude. That wow, would feel be pretty so good. So cool. Double digits, triple digits. Triple digits is hard to get because it's an extra 90 episodes. I reckon we'll get there. I just don't like one. It's like episode four or five because you know why? Because now, I want to get into the 20s and the 30s. Yeah, that and feels 40s. Good, That's where yeah. it feels you start to like really pick it up. Because like one, two, three, four, it's, it feels like a a show that can get cancelled at any time, you know? Yeah, because there's it, no reliability it, 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 it hasn't It hasn't fully grown. I want people to click on it and be like, wow, I see like 35 episodes. Yeah, okay, these guys are popping. Because people probably think that we'll, we'll just stop this. Soon. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, I always said we're going to do a thousand. Yeah. People are like, yeah, yeah, come no, on. No, but we actually will. <laughs> we actually, we actually are, will. We actually are I, going I know to. we will. We will make it. We'll definitely... I don't, okay, <clears throat> I know we'll get in the hundreds for sure. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I know right. 100% we'll get in the hundreds. Yeah, we'll at least get 100 so episode five, where do you want to kick it off, Nate Duke? All right, so where do I want to kick it off? Reddit. You're a Reddit user, aren't you, Curtis? Yeah, I'm a Reddit goblin. You call yourself a goblin at this stage? Yeah, because I don't comment. I just like lurk. You're a lurk. lurk. That's what a lot of people are like, but you don't contribute. I don't contribute at so, all. So are you a, a real Redditor if you contribute, right? Yeah. yeah I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Reddit analyst. Yeah. Because Reddit analysts piss me off. Okay. Um, Do you want to quickly touch on that, guys? Well, Reddit analysts. Yeah. Well, it's just people that are way too obsessed about theory and they're not practical. Yeah. You know, like, practicality in league is so important. Like, okay. Actually, this ties into one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, thank, you, thank you for reminding me. Excellent. Um, so many silver and gold players are so... What are you doing? I'm just checking this. Oh, my goodness, dude. Oh no! I think we're good. We're good. It's recording. I'm you said you, sure. were, you said to me just before you gave me a spiel. So oh, you know I, 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 you I just gotta click this once. What's that gonna do? Oh, okay. Oh. No, nah, it's all good. We're good. Oh no! Yep, yep. Sorry, sorry. All right, go on, Curtis. I'm just double checking. I'm an amateur. Is still. this even recording? <laughs> it's recording. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it ties into one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Is there is a ridiculous amount of silver and gold players who spend more time talking about Boris? and itemization than focusing on their gameplay. I don't give a sh- If you're a silver... Wait, what? Would you say Boris? Yeah, Boris, the shopkeeper. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, it was his name. Boris. You got <laughs> Boris, the shopkeeper. Yeah. They spend so much time figuring mm. out, should I build Leandris or Morellos? Should I build Ludens or Archangels? Should I build Rabadons or Spellbinder? It doesn't matter. That's like the... That's like the, the 1%. If you're in silver and gold, itemization really doesn't matter. Okay, so the point, it does matter, but it doesn't to the point where people emphasize that that's why they're winning or losing games. It's nothing I, to do actually, with the results. They don't even say that. It's more just, it, I think it's because that's something that they can control, that you can control. So you feel like, oh, well, like I can be, it's probably the easiest thing to make you a better player. You know, but if you actually, but the harder thing to do is review your mistakes. Well, but it's definitely important to control the controllables. Yeah, of course. You want to control as many, you want to control all the controllables in your league experience. That's fine. But it's the way it's emphasized comparatively to the gameplay. Yes, it's, okay, I'm not going to say it's not important. It is important, but it's equally, it's, it's not, it's nowhere near as important as the gameplay. The gameplay always comes first. Okay. If you're worrying about getting perfect itemization, but you still can't hit, you can't hit like the all six CS in a minion wave, or you can't do a basic trading pattern, or you're not timing your trades with with the with the enemy walking up to CS, or you don't know a, ju- a basic jungle path, 
that is what comes way before itemization. Do you know how to operate your champion in a team fight? Because most people in silver and gold, they're barely scraping the surface of what's possible in terms of damage with their champion anyway because of inefficient combos, missed opportunities, that sort of thing. If you focus all your attention there, you're going to get way more results. You could literally have the worst build ever. Break down your time for me. You're coaching a platinum player, Curtis. Platinum's a little bit different though. Plat's, plat is when like start the small details start to come into play. Okay, well let's, let's use that example then. Platinum plat. How much percentage of the coaching session are you talking about items? Okay, I like to talk about items in terms of champion identity. Okay, I don't like to talk about items in terms of just like what's better. Yeah, like it's not about like the whole. Okay, yes. If you do want to get very good at League of Legends, I do recommend like watching my itemization guide, really understanding how the stats work. But in terms of just like the average solo queue player, in terms of just really like just getting short-term results for yourself, it's more about your champion's identity. And that's where I really like to talk about itemization. It's, I'm like this. Given X champion, given Cassiopeia wants to play fights like this, building items like this makes sense because... This is what it enables you to do. It double downs on your strength. It allows you to double down on your strengths and covers your or covers your weaknesses. Um, but if you're just talking about what items better in like kind of in like this floating thing that's like oh, I want to this item's better because I want to be right. Yeah, it's not about it's not about the itemization being doing more damage. Just 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 bring it back to champion identity. That's why I like to talk about itemization at the start of my coaching sessions, just to make sure it. that they understand yeah. why they're doing what they're doing. Because yes, I don't care if your your runes or your builds are like not suboptimal, but if you're not understanding why it's not suboptimal or like your reasoning doesn't make sense, then that's a problem with your champion identity understanding, and that can actually have massive effects on the way you play your game, which over the long run can you miss opportunities put yourself in sticky situations or whatever so that's why i always like to bring it back to champion identity essentially in my coaching sessions anyway put a percentage on it how much would you talk about that i like to spend at least a good te- if i do a, my kangaroo tier clients i like to spend a good 10 minutes so of an hour of an so hour that's yeah. about oh, i'm sorry about percentages but it's probably about 20 15 percent around 15 percent yeah of the coaching session is just item. Is that champion identity runes items? And then eighty five is on gameplay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a pretty good ratio in terms of where you should put your time and energy anyway. So, but it doesn't need to be done multiple times. It's just once. Yep. Once Talk you understand it, it done. done. Got it. I don't need to go over it again. Like I did a session this morning with someone, and we barely went over itemization and runes because, again, I've had a session with him before. He should understand it. Reddit analysts are important, though. I think. In an aspect, I, I I don't want to think about items all day. I'm more in. I love decision making and pathing and, yep. and, and mechanics. Those people they can be there and do their stuff, but I'd say that the problem, your problem, brand analyst. Well, I mean, I, I share similar thoughts to you on this as well. Is that just the complete emphasis? It's probably like eighty. It's probably switched. Eighty-five percent is like on items. No, but I even disagree. Are you with, straight up flat? Disagree I even with disagree with the theories oh, a lot okay. of the time. Because they're not practical it's like, enough. It's like the LS thing. I disagree with the LS thing <clears throat> as well. So like LS actually made a comment about Bobip's niddly build. Yeah. So this is from the planes yesterday. In the planes, so, no, this was the day before. Okay. When Bobip played niddly and he, and um, it was the set comp. They had set. That he was the only AP on the team. Mm. And then he went, um, he was actually got ahead in the early game and he went Oblivion Orb Sorks. And I think that's a re- going double flat pen into a team comp where they have zero MR and you're the only AP 
as a ch- carry champion like Nidalee, I think that's really good. And what was his his thing? Someone? He's like he should have just went. He said he should have. Why is Bobby building like full carry? He should be building Athenes and and playing for the for the Ezreal or whatever it was or the or the Tristana. Mm. But I feel like if you're the only AP, you need to have threat. Yeah, you have to have threat. Like yes, in theory, going Athenes mm. is great and it's great for the, the that team comp, but. In terms of practicality, like I want my Nidalee to be a carry threat. Dude, I, I think Nidalee's a great carry. Yeah, threat. exactly. She does damage, man. She's damage. Threat. Yeah. So I mean, yes, maybe if you're talking about just raw like maths or whatever, and the sexiness of a build or whatever, cool. Athens is great, but just in terms of practicality in the game, I just flat disagree. And I think there's a lot of th- other things that I, I disagree with Reddit in terms of itemization. Is they're not thinking about okay, the biggest one. People over-exaggerate Morellos. People think it's like this awful item, but mm. they don't understand. The people completely disregard. Yes, okay. There, I, 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 I think there is a lot of people that build Morellos in the wrong situations when they don't need the healing reduction at all. But a lot of the time, that's actually why that um that Zoe player is that that super high elo Zoe player in Korea, right? His build every single game is Ludens and Morellos. This oh, guy's really? at rank three. Interesting. And he always goes the same build. Ludens and Morellos no matter what. No matter, it doesn't matter if they have healing or not. And because he likes the early flat magic pen, and he also, more importantly, he really wants durability. Where else are you going to get HP in your build? You don't want to build Leandris You don't build rods. You don't build Rod of Ages. You're not going to build... Pro- I mean, you can build Protobelt, but he doesn't like to go Protobelt. No, Belt. that doesn't make sense. Well, Protobelt is always actually decent. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Because you can like animation cancel and stuff Got like it. that. But um, he goes the same build. Yep. And people on Reddit, and, and and you can talk as much shit as you want. This guy is a practitioner. He's, He's ranked, ranked three. three on the Korean <laughs> server in the hard and most competitive yeah. league in the world he, yeah. for a reason yeah. and he has success because that durability means a lot because he's a low he's, he plays a very aggressive low range chaotic style where the magic early magic pen comes in handy the durability that Morellos gives you is very as a very solid item regardless of the regardless of the, the healing reduction so I think that there's a, there's a there's a line between yes the theory is important and it is important to understand what the inefficiencies are and the efficiencies are of items but then you've got to add a whole nother layer, which is how the game is played, how fights are getting played out. What is the range of your champion? Do you need durability? Do you not need durability? Like there's all these other elements of the game that people don't take into account of just raw execution, which I, I mean, you've got, to have the, you've got to have a discussion. You've got to be open to both aspects. But I just think we put way too much, way em- too much emphasis, way, That's the way too much emphasis yeah. on the, the efficiency, the gold amount, yeah. the, the, the theory rather than the, the pra- what feels practical. best. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what I think anyway. We cover anyway, that. We cover yeah, that. Anyway, yeah, so where that. I was where I was going with the whole yeah. Reddit thing, Curtis. Um, there's a post that ten hours ago on Reddit. Mm. Um, obviously, worlds has started yep. about the planes yep. and Broxar. The the Reddit thread's title. It's got literally seven point five thousand upvotes okay. and eight hundred comments. Yep. Broxar's tweet on the negative comments teams have been receiving, and his tweet comment was. It's tiring to always see the community throwing loads of negative slash toxic comments towards teams and players after a few losses. LEC fans send tons of love towards all Mad Lions members if you actually want to help them. So this is because Mad Lions have been... I think they... They lost to... Um, Mad Lions lost to Supermassive last yeah, night. Yeah, so they're just getting flamed, right? Yeah. And then dragging the players down won't help anyone. Thank you. That's his tweet. And then the guy in the Reddit poster goes, personally, I'm glad he spoke about this because the amount of... Hate targeted at players in their own Twitter comment sections is too much. IMO. 
Uh, and then the top comment says, I think the unfortunate, <clears throat> this is a 2.5 gallop votes. I think the unfortunate reality is in these situations are uh, only going to get worse the more mainstream league becomes. Football players, managers, coaches, commentators, ETC get it nonstop. Yep. Regrettably, I think this sort of thing just comes with the territory. What we can do, however, is at least try and slow the tide, call people out when they're being assholes and keeping ourselves in check. So what do you think about that comment? What do you think about negative comments in terms of, we can call league, I mean, a sport. I yeah, mean, it's a sport. You know, there's fans. People hate to see their region. People are pride in their regions. Obviously, the US players are really angry at Mad Lions. Yep. Does it need to be? And he's probably also talking about LGD in China. LGD, yeah, they're probably getting their own fetish. They're yeah. being obliterated. <laughs> you know? yep. So, what do you think, Curdy? Does... Are, are we, all right, firstly, is there too much hate? I actually kind of like it in a weird way. Okay, explain. Because that's what makes sport exciting. You want to get behind your region. You want to like even me. I get frustrated watching Legacy, even though I don't. I don't actually. I'm not a fan of Legacy, mm. but because they're representing Oce, my region, yeah. I'm in Oceania. I play in Oceania. There's a pride. There's an element of pride there. When they mess up, it makes me frustrated. I'm not going to go to the level of saying, you know, screw you, and I hope your family does all this, whatever. But I kind of like it in a way. I mean, it gives that competitive intensity, that environment. It's what makes world world. Mm. It's high pressure. Mm. This is it. You have one chance. You have one chance. It's all the pressure that, and that's what makes it exciting. It's all on you. It's all in that one game. These best of ones, these random, like quick, quick plans. You're, you're going to make it or you're not. And the group stages, you're out so quick. You've got to make top two in your group. Like, I love that intensity. Now, yes, being a player, um, I think it just comes with the territory. You can't expect to have everything else and then not get the hate. You get the fame. You get the money, you get the girls, you get the, you're playing on stage, having fun, you're famous, everything. You can't expect to have the, uh, the dark side of it. If you underperform and you play like shit. You're in the spotlight at the end of the day. You're in the spotlight. That's you a responsibility. I always like to talk about the, the role of being, say, a, um, a politician. I, I, I like to talk about this. It is your, res- okay, say you're a president of a country. Let's say Donald Trump, Donald Trump for example. You don't know what's going to happen during your presidency. You don't know if there's going to be a, a world pandemic. You don't know if there's going to be a world war, a nuclear war, a ar- nuclear arms race. You don't know what's going to happen during your a terrorist attack. You don't know what's going to happen during your presidency. But it is your responsibility to accept what comes with that power. You get all these benefits. You have all the power in the world. You can literally do whatever you want. But you got to will. You got to be willing to step up when the time comes, make sacrifices, put a disproportionate amount of work in and take the, 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 um, you got to make those sacrifices. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I just feel like it's just one of those, it's one of those weird jobs. It's one of those rare jobs or rare, um, uh, what do you call them? Careers in which has a lot of positives, but it also has a lot, a lot of negatives. It's the same with being famous as a celebrity. You're going to get a lot of love when you do a great movie or when everyone, you know, look at your movie premiere year or whatever. You get all the money, the women, whatever. But then on the flip side, you get drunk one night, make a mistake, get taking this photo of you falling out of a cab or whatever. And everyone, your, your face is all over the magazines. That comes with the territory. You think, yes, movie stars don't like journalists for that reason and things like that, but paparazzi, but that's just the reality, man. That's just the way the world works. Like, I don't think... 
for me personally, I, 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 I'm not going to say I want to condone it, but I'm completely fine with it. And to be honest with you, it actually kind of adds a bit of excitement and intensity to the sport. Does social media amplify that though? Because let's, let's think about how times have changed. So let's say you're a celebrity and then um, you're in the 80s or something like that, right? You get, you do something, you know, as you said, you get, you know, you publicly drunk or something like that. You do something really bad. A couple of articles come out. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't have, you probably don't have some sort of angry mob that's constantly can be throwing a tweet at you at all times, every second, right? That's, that's really a new thing in the last 10 years. Yeah, but what's, but what's, this kind of ties into that cyberbullying thing. You remember that Tyler, there's that really funny quote from Tyler, the creator. Yeah. Like Tyler created the rapper. Yeah. There was like, all this is when cyberbullying was becoming a thing. Are like really popular and then Tyler the creator he said like this funny tweet was like, I don't know if it was a tweet or whatever it's like just walk away from the fucking keyboard <laughs> like walk away from the screen yeah it's not like you have to look at the screen yeah I kind of feel the same way okay so, so <laughs> people, a lot of people hate that by the way because they're like well you can't just you know at the end of the day it's there it's there right like the bullying and stuff like yeah, that yeah you know? but like you don't have to look at it man like especially if you're at Worlds yeah what, why do you need to go on social okay, media so this is brings me to my next point yeah okay so let's think about this here Curtis so you know how you said you know you know fame what sort of stuff this is the you know thing the um this is what you have to deal with let, let's let's put into perspective as well here. I'm trying to do all sides of the argument. Yeah, I actually yeah. haven't even said my stance right yeah, now. Yeah. You know? You've obviously had your stance. So um, these are 17, 18-year-old kids. This is the first time they're on the big stage. And what's the first thing you're going to do? What happened, Curtis, when our first Worlds, uh, 2017, when we were in the playing stage? I think we lost to Cloud9 or something like that. Everyone went What the was phone. the first thing our players did? The first thing, before we even talked about the game. They went on Reddit, and they're on the straight onto Reddit. All of them. Yeah. They wanted to see what people were saying because this is the first time <laughs> that that there's so much attention around them. They would say, "Well, what are people saying about me? Like, I'm on the big stage. This is so exciting to yeah. me." Yeah. Okay. Everyone went on their phones. I remember and John O'Cracked. Do you remember? John Our was performance like, what are you doing? Just, which, but no, no one really thought much of it. It's like, well, this is awesome. Like, I watch Reddit all the time. Now I'm on Reddit. Mm. Okay. So this is the first time, and they're reading these comments. They're reading the comments. I mean, we saw them scrolling. I remember just scrolling, just reading every comment because they're just like, "What's everyone talking about?" I mean, negative or positive, right? Um, and you know how you said there, well, you, you don't do that, but you can't help yourself when this is your first time. So um, I think one of the actual comments in the thread were talking about, well, these players aren't trained for this. They're not. You're just not. You're actually set up to fail. You really do. If you fail on the world stage, your career and and. And I think that people's careers, I mean, I think there's so many examples of people's careers that are just over from not being able to handle this pressure from Reddit and stuff like that. Because they read the comments and then that 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 affects them. And I think this is what's going to happen to all of these players, you know? So I think that thing is they're not trained for it. Um, and I think it's unrealistic to, to just, just again, say, well, just walk away from it. Because again, you can't help it. This is the first time you're on the stage. And, but you know, the most dangerous thing, Curtis, it's not the negative comments. I think it's actually the positive comments that's more dangerous than the negative comments, believe it or not. In terms of what? In terms of uh, always thinking, what are other people thinking about my gameplay? Why is this person's opinion? Like, at the end of the day, you have your play, your teammates, your coaching staff, maybe your personal coaches, what matters at the end of the day is the work you're doing with them, the close circle, your opinions of each of, of your work, your level of play, your opinions of each other, of people that you respect and that you, you actually know you. you actually know? know you. Actually know you. And actually know what's going on. That's what matters. But if you start getting positive comments saying, oh, this guy does really good and it makes you feel good, 
um, at the end of the day, you're still going to be craving for the opinion of like, okay, so that person's making me feel good. And then next time I lose, then that person suddenly saying, I'm just terrible. I should, you know, go die or something like that. Yeah. Like that, it, the, again, it's the, the whole idea of like letting other people's like, like literally enter in your mind. Simply that, like just, just the fact of reading it. And um, I, I think that celebrities are such a good, like celebrities are actually very good at dealing with mm. this sort of stuff. Because they're trained. They're probably trained, yeah. They don't even use... And this is the thing as well. They, like, celebrities, because they don't use their social a media accounts. A lot of the time they don't. Is it their managers? Their managers. They, they, have, like, they don't ever read they anything. Don't, don't. You think Donald Trump reads a single comment? I don't know. I mean, I don't know about Donald Trump. There's he's no way... No, he, he, he does his he, tweets. He though. does his tweets, but there's no way he reads his comments, you know? <laughs> well, he just puts shit out there, well, I, I see. I see your point for sure. I mean, and that ties into like... This is not even just league, rather. This is a social media in general. It's like... It doesn't... Okay... You could actually theoretically get rewarded for bad behavior. Let's just say something happens, whether yeah. the way the game pans out, but you won the game in a weird exactly way. Exactly right. That's where positive comments yeah. come from, and that's why they're dangerous. You have to look at, you talk to your coaches, your players, and that's all the opinions that, that you talk about. And it's so fascinating game. because that's even like in, in, in real life with Instagram. You know there's people who buy, like they rent a mansion mm. from Airbnb, mm. and then they post like a a, a, a photo on just Instagram just for the, the positive comments, for the positive and stuff. comments, and then they get rewarded that they're actually getting rewarded for mm. that for that behavior, which is actually just ridiculous. It's dangerous. It will it will break you down mentally in over time. It will eventually because you're always craving for that like, that comment, that again. People's but at the end of the day, what matters the most is the people closest to you okay, who respect but, you and know. But you. it matters because of it matters. Okay. Let's be more specific here. It matters because the opinions of those who are around you and know the reality of the situation, uh, th- those opinions matter because they're, they're very accurate and they can give you an accurate representation or an accurate opinion of both how you can replicate great behavior mm-hmm. and good action mm-hmm. and how we can minimize the chances of bad things happening, bad, but bad gameplay or, and, and actually be literally accurately identifying what is good and what we want to replicate and what we don't want to replicate. But if you get someone in Twitch chat, in the Reddit comments, for example, could say, why are they playing on top every game? On top's trash. And like, this guy can't play on. And then in your mind, you're like, holy shit, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't play on. And like, maybe, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be playing these champs at all. And is our game plan just bad? Yeah, or like, and then, and then your coach, but your coach has seen all your scrims, knows you better than anyone else. Your players around you, you've had it. You're, you're, you're forgetting about your team's identity. You're forgetting you, about you as a player, how your team wins games, how your team operates, how the meta is. These guys on Reddit have no about, about the meta. They don't know how draft pans out and how hard it is to pick specific champions in the draft phase. And that's actually people, that, especially on Reddit, have no idea about. You can't just randomly pick a champion in draft, even though it's good, because it has a thousand other counter picks. Yes, you're seeing it in hindsight. Look, oh, they play Shen every game. They're not just going to play Shen if you pick this champ. They're going to change their pick. You've got to talk about how team comms balance out. They don't understand the intricacies of draft. Well, you you experienced this. People critiqued your grass from, from yeah, draft. Yeah, all the from time. I got flamed, obliterated and on Reddit. You read those, Reddit. right? No, I actually didn't. You really. didn't read it. How did you know about them then? I mean, everyone roasted me on social media. It was more Twitter. So, I wasn't that, on Reddit. Okay. I was on Twitter. Well, the same thing, Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Okay. I wasn't and Reddit, and how, did you, how did you deal with that? What, what did I actually purposely didn't go on, on Reddit because I knew I'd get obliterated. Mm. But I went on I went on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, at that time, 
This is 2017, 2018. I mean, it's hard to remember, but I do remember 20... I mean, I was so pissed off at my own drafts every, nearly yeah. every international yeah. tournament. Yeah. I, don't think I, was, I, I think I was only happy with like one draft. Yeah. And the rest, I was like, okay, the, the flame is justified because my drafts were trash. Okay. So like, to be honest with you, I was already in a bad state of mind and yeah. every world was just a disaster. Yeah. So, like, there wasn't anything positive to say. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. So for me, it's a bit... It's, I'm not a good representation, I don't think. But um, yeah, my drafts are shocking. <laughs> okay, so you you just, just, just I mean, for me, it always sticks in my mind that one game where we had uh, we versed um the Brazilian team is when we had Shern, you know, game one we lost to EDG, yeah, and then Shern came back in and we versed that Brazilian team, team one, or whatever. Yeah. Was it team one? Team one. No, it was Inf- Infinity. Esports. Oh yeah, sorry, Infinity. Yeah, and then we played um, oh, we played the shock. It was it was like Scana Jungle. Oh yeah, into I that. LeBlanc, LeBlanc, yeah, with with Ooh. Lissandra. It was Lissandra Scana. <laughs> Lissandra Scana into yeah. LeBlanc. Yeah, we thought yes, cool. Lissandra's good into LeBlanc, but not with Scana. You need pure damage jungle. We had mm. no damage, mm. and they had to, to, he just built early QSS and we're useless. And LeBlanc just cuts the yeah. You can never, you can never ult, never ult. Yeah. and we just lost. And I was like, and then. But people didn't understand why that decision got made. It was a mis- it was like a com- complete miscommunication in the draft phase, yeah. and that just scarred me for life, dude. I didn't want to look at a single post after that. Yeah, that even hurts me. Just 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 thinking about thinking about that about. right now. That hurts. So it's like the worst possible mid jungle you could ever draft, and I did it on an international stage, which would have if we won that game, then we could have actually went to the best of five. Anyway, um, anyway. Make a very good point though. They're not trained for us, which brings me. What are the solutions? What do you suggest? What is your What is your take on it then? Well, again, that's why I said. Well, I mean, you're not going to change the public though, Nathan. How? Oh, well, that, that, well, that's my problem with this this tweet. You're yeah, not going to change and, the and, public. And, and again, um, again, I, I, I mean, I, I share the same sentiment as you. Is that I think that this is great. That a lot of talk. I mean, in football and stuff, these fans really care. And I mean that's that's the way the ecosystem works. But they're right? toxic because they care. Exactly right. It's a good thing. It's a though. good thing. It's a good thing. It's human nature. If no right? one said anything negative, then no one would give a shit. I, if I was a pro player and then I I have a shocking game and then all I see is like a bunch of positive comments, I don't want to see no, that. No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. You feel ashamed, to be honest with you. It's ridiculous. You feel actually embarrassed. Yeah. I, what I again, what but what I'm saying, the way that players should be dealing with this, again, you only care about the opinions of the people that are closest to you, that are working with you every day, and then yes, you're going to have to have a serious look at the game, and it's going to be painful to watch, but you need to make sure that you're not letting the opinions of people that don't know this, that don't know, you know, that talks about the, the thought process around drafts and stuff, get in your head and start messing with, you know, am I bad? Like everyone hates me here because at the end of the day, humans want to be liked and accepted. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we're, because in, in terms of survival, like we, if we weren't like and accepted, we were kicked out of the tribe and a lion comes and eats us and kills us. Yeah. We need the, we need the protection of others. We have to have the protection. And yeah. that's why it's always ingrained. It's like ooh, opinions, opinions, opinions. So it's hard, but, but again, I think that it's just even harder for 17, 18, 19 year olds who this is their first time. And they get zero training. Stage, zero training. I mean, you're literally going into, I don't, is there any, is there any, I don't th- I think that esports must be the, one of the only things in the world where you go from literally, um, I don't want to say no one, but like, let's, let's say for O's players, for example, for us, you know, a couple of thousand followers on Twitter to literally millions of people watching millions, you. millions of eyeballs know who you are in literally 
a week. And you can make a name for yourself off one play. Of one play in a week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have people like Explode, like, you know, like music stars and stuff like that. But like, you know, that's pretty rare. But mm-hmm. like, this can be just, you know, some random... No, the Olympics is... Olympics is Yeah, different. okay. The Olympics, the Olympics Like, imagine when Kathy Freeman won, like, the 100-meter yeah, sprint. Or, yeah. like, Usain Bolt when they randomly come that's up. That's true. Like, they can be from a nobody to famous overnight. But yeah, I see what you mean. It's up there with one of the biggest crazy things you can possibly do. Yeah, esports is insane. And just the level of, again, how big Worlds is, is it's a lot of pressure, mm. you know? So, and again, there's just no, they're just set up to fail again. So, yeah, but I always feel like, yeah, I always kind of feel like, though, people always say problems and no solutions in esports in general. Like, well, again, I think there's there, like there is no solution. I don't want there to be yeah, solutions. Yeah, I'm saying so. Don't like I don't I don't like this discussion because like from from Broxer. Yeah. So it feels like him saying that is just more complaining. That's right. There's That's- no solution. If he come up and said he had a proposed solution, say, hey man, like, hey guys, I don't like this toxicity. Here is what we can do as a community, or here is what Riot can do, or here, whatever. Then I don't mind that. I mean, I don't think there's anything they can do. That's just again no. that, that you can't you can't beat human nature in this way. People yeah, no care. Way. About sport, your team, your fan, yep. they hate seeing you lose. They're going to complain yeah. about it, okay? Yeah. Um, which, again, is great. It's the way the ecosystem works. At the end of the day, those people are still buying jerseys and, and putting money into the ecosystem, okay? Yeah. Which is a good thing, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's technically paying the salaries. Definitely. So, um, yeah, interesting post, though. Yeah, I think that what it comes down to is, again, the people around the players, um, making sure that we're still focused on our craft, focused on, you know, being the best. Of so all somehow, time. so then in terms of actionable steps, <clears throat> what you would do if your team was going to Worlds in height, now knowing this information, yep. you would create and actually have a candid conversation with the player saying, this is what can happen. Yep. This is why we don't we don't want you to go on social media. You don't just take away their phones and shit. You say, no. delete social media off your phones because they're going to go on their phones, probably talk to their family or whatever. Mm. That's possible. Mm. And their girlfriends. They delete it. This is why you got to delete stay on social media because this is a reality. Even if you do well yep. or you do poorly, it does not, right. it's not Doesn't just matter. if you do bad. If you do well, I don't even want you to see the opinions of others. This is why we're going to really make sure we talk about everything as a team. If you if you have any concerns, you're not feeling good, come talk to the coaching staff, come talk to other players, get a second opinion. Don't just let it sit in your mind. Don't sit well. in your hotel room reading Reddit, dude. That's that's the most... That is... And that's what happens. That's what happens. Oh, I know that We should happens. actually talk about that at, at international competitions. Yeah. So the way Worlds works, by the way, if you're going to MSI, you go to Worlds or whatever, the way Riot does the accommodation, the whole setup, is that every player gets their own room. Okay? So envision you're in a hotel room and every room there's like a player. Well, that is good in the sense that the player gets their own space. They can reflect on the game by themselves. They don't... They don't, they're not away. They get private time, which is important to refresh, especially after intense games. But the toxic thing about it is that a lot of the time, it leads to them. Yeah, like you said, going you finish you just, the game. You finish go the game. Your strategy room. room. You're not with your team anymore. You have that. You can just isolate yourself. Go onto Reddit. Scroll down. Sit there. Lie in bed and be like, "Fuck me, I'm hated." Or like, "My whatever. career's over." My career's over. You start overthinking. How are we going to beat this team tomorrow? If I can't even play this, on what do I do? And then you just by yourself. No one's you got no one to talk to. And then the the chances are that that player is open enough to even talk about this with their other teammates or the coaching staff is so slim. They're probably going to be embarrassed. Yeah. To even bring that up. It's like like all these opinions that are affecting me and stuff like that. I mean, it's not a very yeah. It's it's a pretty. You might feel like a like a baby or whatever you know, but um, 
I mean, yeah, this is, this is a massive stuff. But, I mean, I think it. All, I think there's also an element as well is that um, if you're a player performing poorly on your team and you clearly are and you know you're getting backlash, sometimes you can't even turn to your teammates and your coaches as well because, unfortunately, we don't have true teams and true leadership like we've talked about on the podcast Oh, we've already spoken about this, yeah. And, and, I mean, I can't think of any Dials teams that we had, you know, like... Where I wouldn't even I wouldn't be equipped if someone came up to me and said that I wouldn't even know what we, to say at the time it, yeah. I would have no idea because yeah. we weren't we were never actually a team no a proper team we weren't actually a team now actually you know just along these lines did you see how nervous some of those worlds players are game one and this is actually kind of I mean the the first oh, the man. first game of planes literally says that the TP on the ward TP on the ward dude the were, flash like the first play of worlds like. That just goes to say it right there. Man, it's so... It actually... Re, like, people don't understand how like how much pressure is on these players. It's so easy for us in the comfort of our own home. Say, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone was laughing. And yeah, everyone's about laughing. Yeah. And then yeah. like, like these players are trash. And like Plain Brazil, Bronzil. Bronzil. League's greatest disappointment. You know, Ose's, Ose trash. Like all these things. It's like... It's like uh, the biggest example is Top Aaron. Right, so Top Aaron is the top laner from Legacy, right? Game one that they played, Top Aaron made so many mechanical errors on Camille that they it was ridiculous. Make. He would never make those. But he's he's an insane player. He looked like a a trash top laner during that game, but he's like he was like what challenger in Korea. He's like the best top laner, one of the best top laners Osa's ever had. Um, incredibly good player. It definitely import potentially import worthy individually. Um, and he literally. Did the, he did the Camille E? He f- f- missed mistimed his flash and couldn't even do an E flash. He um, didn't do his proper hook shots, like the, not the 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 full length of the E. He um, he was actually not cancelling his autos with his Q. Like he was doing so many mechanical errors, it was unbelievable. He was like missing CS and shit. It was crazy. And this is all the effect of bits of pressure playing on stage. How can one of our favorite quotes? Pressure is a privilege. Mm. Um, I, I just, uh, like you said, you know, this all ties into like, it all ties into the esports ecosystem. Yeah. Oh, I love this topic, dude. This is, okay. I'm about to bring up something. Oh, here we go. I love this so much. Let's compare, okay, let's compare League of Legends pro players mm. to a NFL player. Okay. Think about the journey that an NFL player has to take to become a pro NFL player. Mm. They start at a ridiculously young age, right? They start from, from you know, when they're in young school, they go like play, um, probably play touch football. I don't know what they do in America, but very young programs. And to be more specific, they're around other people. They have coaches from a very young age. That are usually very like 50, 60, like the very old coaches. Old, adults with a lot of experience. With great, yeah, experience. with great, with great um, teaching. They're good at teaching. They're great at instilling great fundamentals. And more importantly, they have to see their competitor in the in the flesh. They they see who they're versing. They fit like they literally they're with them, and they're in a, a highly competitive environment from a young age. And think about that. Okay, say that's not for you. You don't have to continue to go on. You don't have to keep playing. But then the people who do, they try to get to college, college football, highly highly competitive. Even to get to college football and play on a college football team, incredibly difficult. Athletically, the amount of time and energy discipline. You got to be mentally and physically tough to be. You're, you're already training for years at that point. You're already mentally so far ahead comparatively as a competitor, as a League of Legends player would be. Yes, they might skill wise. If we were to compare comparatively skill wise, yes, 
in their own crafts. Some of the amateur League of Legends players are very, very good. good. But as a competitor, completely different. These mm. people... and Think about the journey to get to that point. A League of Legends player is in their room. You sit in your room for a couple of years. Never, never see your opponent, essentially. Mm. Sit behind in your comfort zone, in your own home, in your comfy little chair... Nice warm environment. You don't need. To, you're not cold, shivering. You're not. You don't have to go into the gym at six a.m. in the morning to train with your teammates. You're not getting like pressured or pushed by coaching staff at a super young age. You don't have to like do all this. Cra- go over, overcome all this crazy adversity. In, in college football, you've done so much stuff. So by the time you even get to by the, the time NFL, you even get to the point where you can professional be a professional. But, but, oh no! But even by the even time amateur, you, amateur, yeah. even by the time you get into collegiate level, yeah. uh, college football. You are a, an animal mentally Very and physically. Athlete, yeah. And when it comes to competition, you're already weeded out. If you're not a good competitor, you are weeded out. But so many people in League of Legends, you can get away with not being a competitor because maybe in solo queue, you don't really you don't you're not facing anywhere near the same adversity. And then randomly, you're forced to go to worlds or an international event or a grand final or like finals, you're playing on stage and you shit the bed. A lot of players just don't make it. Yeah. Well, that's why we have such a high turnover of players. That's why we have so high yeah, such high turnover of players. Mentally, they get broken, weakened. They tilt easily. They tilt incredibly easy. You think someone in college football gets in your face, destroys you in one play? You think they just give up and tilt and just don't play trash for the entire game? No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, they can. Yeah. They can. But They're the chance. Well, no, we're near as common as League of Legends. Yeah. People give up after the first two minutes when they see their teammate make a bad play. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Let alone them getting Let outplayed. Let alone them getting outplayed. So I just think that like the competitive environment. Yeah, again, it's, to it's get unfair. To that point, it's, it's unfair. unfair. Currently, for a current League of Legends player. For a current League of Legends player, you are not equipped with the skills to deal... With the pressure. With the pressure. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. You know, it's unfair. You can't expect this player to even play at the level that they, they can at home because they're not. And especially during COVID, they even played from their gaming houses a lot of these regions. They played the LCK Grand Final from their gaming houses. Damn one and stuff like that. So it's even, it's even like emphasizing that point even more. So it's just... Yeah, well, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that, and yeah, this is just going to show that this is, we've got a lot of work to do in terms of esports. Just you know? the beginning. We're just the beginning. And, you know, that's why I said it again, we're not going to see the true, true. I mean, obviously, we've had our fakers, we've had, you know, imps and, you know, doing bees and stuff like that, but we're not, we're going to see the next, next level of competitors once we get these these systems in place from when people start, you know, 10, 11, 12. And again, well, like the, high school decades, programs, the high school programs, the collegiate programs, we need to get coaching staff, better coaching staff across all these levels. The transition between the leagues need to be better. They need to figure out how to use the substitute system way better. The development programs, the sister teams, the scouting grounds, the off seasons, laning coaches, coaching mm-hmm. staff, mm. psychology, sporting, what's called performance directors, all these things need to fi- get figured out before you get you get real high quality, consistent competitors across the league, not just like anomalies. That will then be able to deal with the stuff Brox is talking about. Yeah, exactly. Then those people they're not going to worry about the comments. Or not, I mean, they obviously will. They'll have the skill to to um, to deal with it. Yeah, so they, they're not invincible, but they have the skill set and the mentality and the you know discipline to be able to deal with it. I found that super interesting. So, what was the other thing you wanted to cover today? So, um, yeah, so I thought that was um, interesting. Again, just how much... And again, I, I recommend you read the comments as well. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, like, I'll definitely take a look get at Get some, some opinions there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, well, what we talked about the other day, Curtis, where you, you mentioned I thought was really interesting about... Um, was it the Showmaker interview? Talking about 
No, it wasn't Showmaker because Koreans don't play on China at the moment. No, so who played on Chinese Solo? Key? It was no, it was a Reddit post that I saw. Yeah, talking about this guy. He um, do I even talk about? I don't even think I spoke about this on on the last podcast. No, we didn't. Did. No. So I saw a Reddit post on. Uh, this was like a few days ago, probably like four days ago, where this was a guy and he was watching Chinese streams and he says he watches a lot of Western streamers and he watches a lot of uh, Chinese streamers and he speaks Mandarin. So he was listening and watching, reading the Chinese chat. And he saw when watching these Chinese streamers um, that when the game was very close or, or even a team was behind and they knew that if they just played normally, they would lose. They would. There's a word for, let's just go for the 50, let's just try and outplay them, like mechanically. Let's just try and outplay them mechanically and come up ahead. Take the risky play, but we'll just outplay them mechanically. Um, and he said that he never saw that in any Western streamers, you know, in EU, NA, that sort of thing. And he said that... that well, he didn't, he didn't hear anyone talk about it. He didn't hear that, anyone talk about that, it. In the way that the Chinese players talk about it. Right, and the way that Chinese spoke about it, it's like, no, let's just outplay them mechanically. That He just never heard anyone talk about it. So he wrote this post to Reddit saying, I just found that super interesting. Like, is there an equivalent of that out there? Like, what, what do people think about that? When I was reading this, it uh, reminded me a lot of something that we became very familiar with the Diwools. And it was actually probably one of the biggest reasons, by the way, we won 2018. So dominant. Yeah. And we're so dominant. And even 2017, was it 2017? No, it was 2018 we started talking about this. This is a very interesting story. So in 2018, um, I think it actually started in the Korean boot camp. The very first Korean boot camp, didn't it? At the start of 2018? At one, yeah, it must have been the I start. Think it was the, the one s- we're in Busan. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... What happened was, uh, I can't remember where it spawned or where it got created. Uh, essentially, when we had either had a bad team composition drafted, or maybe we were in a very bad situation within a game, maybe we got behind early, or we knew we needed to like win a team fight, but we just couldn't normally, if we played the normal macro game way, like trading size, trade objectives, that sort of thing. If we knew that wouldn't work... What happened is that the players, whether it was from Korean solo queue or <laughs> I don't know where they got it, um, they had this term called mechanics max, right? And what mechanics max, I think where it actually came from was, I think it's like in RuneScape where you can max you out max a skill. max out a specific stat. You know, and stats, like there's certain stats, like if you play an MMO or like- Strength, a, intellect, charisma. Yeah. You can max, you can put all your skill points into one specific tree. Agility. Yeah, agility. The The-, the the, the the theory was with mechanics maxes, let's max out a mechanics. No one cares about communication, teamwork, anything God was maximizing. Let's just maximize mechanics. And if we maximize mechanics, we can like outplay them and mm. we can just win the team fight mm. or we can just win win lane so hard that we don't even need to get to mid game. All this theory stuff is out the window, yeah. dude. This champion <laughs> might be me, but dude, I'll just out mechanics. I'll here. just out mechanics. I'll dodge more skill shots. I'll hit more skill shots. I'll tether them better. I'll, I'll, I'll just outplay them mechanically. And what's funny is that at the time as a coach, I hated it at the mm, time because mm. I'm a coach, right? So I wanted to do things methodically. I wanted to be consistent, reliable. I wanted to do things the macro-oriented way that we could replicate in the future. And I didn't actually see the strengths of it at the time. And it wasn't until even now. And now I start to realize how great that, that mindset is. Now, mechanics max. Uh, and then what happened, a lot of games in scrims, started in scrims. We're in scrims like, it was like mechanics max. Let's just mechanics max them. Or like, let's just draft this really suicidal composition with no frontline and mechanics max them, destroy them in 10 minutes and win the game. And, um, and it really brought, this Reddit post really brought me back to that. Where that's the same concept where, where that we're talking about is essentially, let's just outplay them mechanically. Now, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits to mechanics max i think it's a very powerful mindset it's a very powerful mindset i agree why don't you care what what do you think what do you like about mechanics max what are um, the dangers of it as well okay so um recently my experience in coaching um a, a lot of my coaching obviously i'm a jungle coach so i i focus a lot about pathing and decision making because i mean games are won and lost based on win conditions and pathing efficiently doing your camps correctly right um I have I, mean, I have a mixture of players from gold all the way to challenger. And um, there's this one player that I work with. He's um, a US grandmaster. And I was, was doing like a live coaching session. And I told him to do one thing. And he said, no, no, no I'm just going to do this thing, right? He's like, I'm going to play for the fight. It was like a three versus four fight. And, and he just executed it perfectly cleanly. And I didn't even see it. That's the thing. I didn't even see that he you could didn't even win, see that, the play. win it that hard, you know? Because I'm just thinking about just play it methodically safe. It's three before fight. Just go do something else, right? And then I'm just like, man, like like the fact that he had the confidence to see this and he's just like going to maximize the mechanics edit to make this play work. It's just powerful because that's what solo queue is. Again, at the highest level, you need to, you need to be confident in your ability. Like well, I'm disadvantaged here. I'm just going to outplay these guys. And and the good thing about that as well is that sometimes the enemy team gets complacent where it's like, it's 4v3, we just win this. And you turn that, and then that's like, it swings the game so hardcore. If you win those fights, it's game over. It's, you know, that, that 3v4, 3v4 fight, it's game over. And that just made me realize, it's like, man, I just need to start really figuring out how to teach players to be better mechanically. And we've talked a lot about this. Yeah, there's something we're still trying to figure out. Something we're still trying to figure out. And all right, let, let's start. With, what, what is mechanics, Curtis? Well, actually, before we go into what is mechanics, I think another another important why mechanics max uh, mechanics in general is very important is because at the highest level, the game becomes all about skirmishing. Right, the game is all about skirmishing. Yeah, everyone knows how to play the landing phase. Mm. It's very rare that people are going to die to stupid ganks. People ward very well. They have solid fundamentals. They know how to play. Like even. You know, they understand their matchups, their trading patterns, they know their champ's identity, they know when to reset. It's unlikely there's going to be solo kills or crazy stupid ganks. Most of the time, if you even watch, even at the highest level, high, high elo Korean solo queue, high elo Chinese solo queue, even just at the highest level in competitive play, games are decided by skirmishing. 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s, and even team fighting. Now, in these situations, mechanics really come into play in game sense. And even if you have great knowledge, but you can't execute on it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day... Uh, um, and I've seen that as well as my coach says. I tell someone to do beautiful path in, playing around win condition, that gets to the fight where they should execute. It's actually pretty easy. They mess it up. You know, like this is my, like my gold and more platinum players. Yeah. And it's like, well, we can have all the knowledge in the world, but we're messing up this mechanical stuff, yeah. you know? It, it's important, man. Like, I, important. I, unfortunately, we can't progress to the next level unless we do this. And yeah, man, and it's what I've realized. The game is all about skirmishing. And I didn't realize that's actually one of the biggest reasons we actually won so much in 2018. Because mechanically, whenever it came to a skirmish, we won. We just won. We out-mechanicked and we out-team-fought them. We out-skirmished them. And then if you win a skirmish, you get incredibly far ahead. One skirmish can literally be the game. Yep. And if you have that mindset where, again, it ties, I mean, it's a combination of confidence. It's a combination of um, it's a, a t attention to detail. Attention to detail. Attention to detail yeah. is the greatest element of it because you can get into the review and if you have this mechanics max mentality, you're always thinking, how could I have played this better? 
What, what, what did I miss? What did I miss? What ability did I not account for? How could I have avoided this? Could I have microed a little bit better? Hold here? my abilities could, yeah, or I've, use them instantly? Yeah, could I have held my abilities more? Generate time. more threat? Could I have actually positioned it around the corner here and surprised them? How, what could I have done better mechanically? Movement, here? click movements. How could I have clicked better to move correctly? Did I have to go backwards, forwards? Yeah, so all this skirmish assessment mechanics really pays dividends in the long run. And if you have this mentality yeah, over a long period of time, that attention to detail really shines in high pressure situations as well it shines when no one dies to ganks it's a slow game and it turns into a river skirmish 3v3 the team that has mechanics max a lot of the time is going to win so anyway we're talking about what what defines what is mechanics what's mechanics interesting um well i would say there's an element of accuracy of clicking Accuracy of yeah, just clicking in general. So that's both skill shots, character movement. <clears throat> um, I would say also the the ability to actually like kind of actions per minute in a way, getting more things done in a shorter period of time. Yep, efficiency. Efficiency. What else am I missing? Um. So obviously knowing how to use your abilities is, I mean, that's mechanics as well. I mean, is that mechanics or is that, that that's what I always get confused about because um, a big part of team fighting skirmishing is like, I mean, knowing, visualizing how the fight's going to play out. Well, whenever you think about a play that was played well, and you know how you hear that comment, that was played mechanically beautifully, mm. like beautifully. What does that mean? It means that they, they had the maximum amount of damage. They avoided the maximum amount of damage. damage. They yeah. foresaw how the fight was going to play out, so they knew how to weave in their abilities essentially, and know which abilities to use when. They knew how to tether. Tethering is a massive element. What's of tethering? Them. Well, tethering is just massive for mid lane specifically, and that this is actually one of the biggest differences between me. Like I'm 600 LP right now, and the difference between me and like an 800 LP mid laner or an 1000 LP mid laner is largely tethering. Their ability to understand the max like range of getting attacked like the range of of when i can and can't attack them and standing in and out of that circle so like they they know they bait it's like baiting abilities essentially Got it. yeah so it's like walking forward or like walking yeah. pretending and, to walk some path and then quickly and, going the, this, and, the, this and the, the, the the shorter your clicks are to your character yeah. the better you can tether yeah so there's a guy on our server and i verse him all the time in mid lane he's like a young 16 year old kid and his tethering and his micro is so much better than me. And he he baits out abilities, which means I, I actually get less damage and I make myself vulnerable. So think about this. I'm playing Orianna and he's perfectly tethering my max range Q. So then as I'm walking up to hit the Q, he's already, because he, his clicks are so much more accurate than me, he can like avoid it. And because my clicks are slower, he can like walk around it and then get a trade back onto me. Because my clicks are slower. And that's game, that's huge. That's huge. You, I mean, that trade and you... you, you you compile that same trade small over, wins, over like small three wins, minutes and then wins. I'm chunked out of lane and I have to recall. <laughs> and then he gets a plate or he gets a tempo reset or he denies me six minions. And then, there's the, that, and then he comes into the next fight with better items and then I lose a skirmish. Small wins. That's how just I lose. through tethering mechanics, no game knowledge and macro thing. Here's, it's not, is that even it's, it's a, that's matchup knowledge as well? Isn't that's it? matchup knowledge, yeah. but but largely tethering and micro. Like micro mechanics is like within that as well. I'd say. Um, but how do you improve it? Yeah, how did we teach that? I mean, how did you learn it? Well, I had a okay. Let's actually uh, uh, another interesting thing. So let's actually talk about 
um, a player Fantix. Yep. Okay. So Fantix was a player on our server that um, he has a very, I would say, attention to detail focused mentality. This guy is a, he was an ex pro player for us. I played, we played with him. Um, he, then he was a Dial Wars mid laner in 2017 and um, he became a coach and things like that. Now, he had a very like uh, attention to detail focused, like the way he was in reviews. It was always all the small details added up. Now I spoke to him recently and he said he focused for a good like, you know, month or two straight on mechanics. And the way he's, and I said, how do you do that? How did you get better at mechanics? What did you do specifically? Mm. And he said that he only watched players of VODs who played like psychos and played incredibly aggressively and didn't care about macro. He watched only Knights. He watched Rookie. He, who else did he watch? He watched Knights, he watched Rookie, and he watched Caps. Because they, if you watch them play, they, they play super aggressive. Mm. They play like psychos in solo queue. Mm. And they don't give it, and they'll die to ganks randomly all the time because, again, they don't, they don't, they're not that controlled aggression. But on the other hand, you watch Chovy, you watch um, even like Doimby, even though Doimby's not, he's not like conservative, but he's definitely not a good laner, micro wise. And then you look at um, Showmaker, they play very, and Dopa, they play very calculated, they don't die to ganks, they don't trade kills, they don't play that mechanically start, that mechanical style of, of mid laners. So he said he only watched those mid laners and studied, like literally studied their movement. He looked at their movement, their clicking, he watched their, their point of view cameras and like studied their movement, their clicking, how are they playing their lanes, what are they doing, how are they hitting skill shots, that sort of thing. And because Knights and Rookie, they're so good at like uh, Syndra and Zoe, like weaving in those auto attacks, it's so good at hitting cues and he just studied it, studied it. And, and in his reviews, he didn't give a shit about dying to ganks. He didn't care about um, any macro warding nothing he only looked at his view his micro he only looked at which skill shot did he hit and why did he hit it and like look at why did he miss the skill shot could he have weaved another auto attack why is he he's clicking accuracy he only looked at all of that he did that for one or two months so there's reviews look, of his own gameplay and a combination and of both. both yeah that's what he did yeah i mean i didn't even think i mean that's obviously one way i think my theory, though, for improving mechanics, my theory is that you would have to use lol. I actually improved a lot through lol dodge game, lol dodge game. So, but they actually they actually changed lol dodge game because I think they got sued. Oh, really? Yeah, because like the the it's too much like league. It was too much like league. Yeah. So I think they they changed the character models got and it. stuff like that, and even the feeling felt a little different. But I still I still think it's valuable. But I used to do it a lot in um in in like queue. I'll just go in low dodge game and, and use the skill. So game. was that able to warm up your hands or will you just have better reactions? No, it's just reflex? better for click click accuracy. Click kill click accuracy. Click accuracy specifically. So, so I tried to actively keep my clicks close to my character. Okay. Well that this is my philosophy, Curtis. That that's how I got good at Udia. Uh, remember I would always say yeah. the closer you click to your character, the more control you have over your character. It is, that's how it works. Because if you click further away, you'll you'll do the auto pathing. But if you're clicking very close. really close, you can go in and out really quick, right? And the, you know there was a, it was a this is a funny thing. So I used to Claire, another mid laner, when I was a pro mid laner, um, Claire used to tell me, You can tell how good a mid laner is before the minions spawn, spawn. <laughs> yeah, by working walking in circles. Yeah. So what you used to do to scare your opponent, yeah. this is what you actually do as a scare tactic in solo queue back in the day. If you could click, if you clicked really, really, really fast in a circle, really close to your character, it would look like you're just doing donuts with uh, very smoothly, but it looks like you're just like rotating like a 360 degree. But that's because that person's clicks are incredibly fast and they're incredibly accurate. 
So he's, I used to like do that all the time. Before the minion spawned, I would have to like, I would click really close to my character and then it would actually scare the opponent. Cause like, holy crap, this guy's clicks are so fast. He looks insane. Like, dude, I'm not, not hitting a skill shot on I'm this I'm looking, guy. yeah. And then that, and that actually make me feel yeah. more confident. Psychological. Yeah, psychologically. And when I did it, I actually felt more like confident. I felt like I could dodge anything. I felt like I could mechanically just outplay this guy. That was my mentality as well. I think it also helps with focus. Mm. If you're clicking really close to your character and like controlling your character, you're suddenly more focused. I feel like in all aspects of the game because your brain switched on. Like we gotta, we gotta click. This is hard, man. It's like okay, we're, we're clicking really fast. Now we're like looking at the map. Like mm. it starts to get you in the rhythm of high APM and and high APM actions per minute. A lot of that comes down to as well is map awareness, so like F keys. Yeah, I think like I th- watch any pro player Curtis. I was watching a vod of Faker. He's literally, his habit, his muscle memory is just to look at the map, F keys all the time. F-keys, yeah, but that's F-keys, not every F-keys, pro player. F-keys. That's just some. I, I, there's a lot I of feel pro- like it's so important though, Curtis. You can't tell me it's not important. Yeah, I think he, it's good. He's getting more information than anyone else. I mean, Doinby's APM is insane with his timing. Yeah, with his timing, timing timers. As well. That's yeah. insane APM. I think that's- like, He types that so fast, man. Dude, Doinby literally types, he times the enemy buffs. <laughs> yeah, that's an incredible one. So <laughs> enemy red buff. Enemy, imagine being a laner. No, being a jung- having a jungler on your team with someone timing the enemy red buff, that means that he's ready to invade the yeah. red buff. Do you know how much options oh that gives you as a jungler, dude? Crazy. I would love to play like, with that. Timing enemy red buff. That's insane. What do you say? EB and E... Enemy blue, enemy red. ER, EB. EB. Oh, I love that. 16... It's like, it was like 16... 16.08, enemy red. Like, if if you want to be one of the world's greatest players, <laughs> that's what you need to get to. Oh, yeah. It's all those small details, man, that really add up. But, um... Yeah, mechanics, Max. And I, I, that actually... By the way, that actually ties into one of the biggest things with Mechanics Max and in Chinese solo queue and Korean solo queue is because they're not afraid to limit test and take some risky, crazy, weird outplay that doesn't and make sense. fail it yeah. and then learn from it and learn from it. Because in, in China and in Korea, especially Korea, they just FF for 15 minutes open. You, you get behind in the early game. They're not interested in, in doing a grinding game from behind for 35 minutes. They just want to go to the next game and win lane and make plays in the early game, which is very good for like improvement. The speed of learning. The dude. speed you're, of learning. You're, you're completing learning. that learning cycle so much Every faster. Every two games you're playing in Korea is like one game in EU and NA, you know? Yeah, literally. You're literally getting... But, but I mean... Sometimes I, I, three games I, for one. I think it's important to different... Because that can also be a toxic mindset in a while, thinking just, you know, the go next thing. But it's like, okay, I'm like going, I just, I want to like FF to get into the next game so I can just keep playing more mechanics, more mechanics. Yeah. I think that's more of the, the mindset you need to be having there. Okay. So we've established what the benefits are of this style. What are the dangers? What are the dangers? Well, the dangers are playing over aggressively and dying to gangs. Okay. There's one element okay. on it. Um, I, I don't think, you don't I, think there's many? I, I would say, I would love to, I mean, this is what I'm thinking of doing with my coaching clients in the next like couple of months. Just literally focus in a week. We only talk about mechanics. Yeah. You like, do a week with one of your clients and you only talk about mechanics. All of them. Yeah. Skirmishing and stuff like the mechanics. We just look at the best players and how can we make it? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, that that's so essential because I would say a lot of the players that I, I coach, we're purely held back by mechanics because I can teach all the path and yeah, stuff, you can but teach I, can't, path. I can't. I mean, that also ties into that mechanics. theory where I would rather, if I'm a, if I'm a coach and, I, and we're talking about like pro players, I would rather a pro player that's got that aggressive mentality and has mechanics because I can teach him the game. I can teach him the macro. I can teach him the everything else about the game. I can't. I can't really. I mean, as a pro coach, a head coach, I couldn't teach mechanics, mm. and, and I couldn't teach that aggressive mentality. Mm. 
that aggressive mindset to go for those plays. It's very hard, plays. and I see it a lot, especially with um, the lower ELO people that just start playing the game. They gravitate towards junglers like the Zack and the Warwick and Sedge, and they're they're just so far away from being good at the game because they're just playing very slow, boring champs that are very yeah. simple. Yes, you, you know, you can be a Warwick, you know, learn the game through Warwick and get to like Platinum. You know, I have some cases of that, but unfortunately, I feel like you're always disadvantaged unless if you play against a player that's gone all in on Lisa in Italy to Platinum. Yeah. I feel like that player's always better that's than That's why I was what. worse when I was originally climbing. I was always worse than other mid laners comparatively because I never played Assassins. Yeah. And that's what actually allowed me to level up. I only played Ori, Zerath, and shit. And then eventually I manned up and learned Zed. And I started playing like Zed and like... You're good at it, man. You made and, a guy and LeBlanc. Yeah, and then yeah. I got really good at it, right? But, but before that... I was way worse than players comparatively, even though mechanically I was probably like the same. But the, just the mentality they had playing those assassins, they just were able to just skirmish wise, just so much better than me. Because I was, I had the defense mentality heading to a skirmish. They had the aggressive mentality heading to a skirmish. That's so different. Uh, again, it's powerful to have the defense mindset sometimes. But you got to know both. You got to know both. But we're talking. What are we talking about? Okay, in terms of long term improvement mm. as being the highest elo player possible, mm. it is best to play both. Both to make yes. you the best well rounded no, player. No, it's like it's knowing when to switch on, with switch on, switch off. It's like you want to okay, be being aggressive. Got some kills. Now let's now let's let's start getting that advantage. Small wins, and then we go again. You want to be able to as a jungler. You want to be able to play the aggressive Elise, Elise in. But then you also want to be able to play the Sejuani and the no, but, but even at least, at least then you have to know when to play defensive. There yeah. is certain times when you know you get to concede something. At the, yeah. end, of the, day, at the, at the end of the day, you can't uh, mechanics max a Pantheon in your jungle fighting your red buff, you know, Pantheon, Sedge or something like that, yeah. you know? Unfortunately, you can't. You, that's when you know to, to play defensive. Like, even yeah. if you've had a good early game, there's times where you need to be like, okay, I need to concede that. How can I do something else here? Yeah. And, and it's the same for mid lane. You, you, I mean, you need to be able to... Zed plays defensive. Yeah, you need to be able to play defensive as an assassin sometimes. Yeah. You can't just always go in and then you just die. Same as Aurelia, especially with like champions like Aurelia and Akali. You can't just go in 24 Your jungler's not there. Yeah, jungler's not in the area. You're not on your power spike. You need to be able to minimize. You need that skill set. And that skill set can actually get developed more by playing champions like the Victor, like the Orianna, like the Azir in a way. And then conversely, you need to have the other switch. You need to play very aggressively. That's why sometimes playing an Echo, having an Echo or a Fizz in your pool is very, or a Zed can be level you up. And I always say that actually. I always say, let's just say you're a Zed one trick. And then you got very good at Oriana. Your Zed would be way better. Yeah, your other chips actually become your, better. Your other chips become yeah. better because then you know, oh, now I know the, the, the strength of my champ and I can abuse it more. Now I know the weaknesses of my champ even more and I can cover them. I know how to navigate those situations. Same thing. If I'm an Oriana one trick and then you learn Zed, you're going to get way better at Oriana. This is the way it works. In my experience, this is the way it works. Yep. I mean, again, I was... I mean, this is the story of me. I played tank junglers. That was my play style. Again, I hate that word because you play champion based on its strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah play style is actually... And then, Wait, and then, you should talk about that for one second. Why Why don't you like the word play style? Why don't I like the way play style? It's like, I don't like the word synergy. It's like, talk about those two words. Okay. Play style. Um, let me just turn the camera back on. Uh... It it comes down to it, you start getting into your your identity level. It's like it's identity level. It's like okay, I, the list is for me. I talk from experience. I'm a tank player, so I have to play tank champions. Okay, um, and I'm just again. I mean, I think and then and then I'm a terrible mechanical player. That's it. 
That's as simple as it is. And I was, and I am. And, you know, I mean, that's, and, and just recently in the last year, as I came back to the game, you know, after, you know, managing dials for three years, um, I started playing these, these lease in Italy and stuff. And I lost a whole lot of games, but I made me so much better at, yeah, even again, at, even at my tank champs, because I know how to play against, I know what it feels like as a lease in Italy to be behind. So you're saying that if you're, a, if you're a player that this is my play style, it's just a trap. It's such a trap it's mindset. A trap. It's like it's not, and I always talk about. You got to be adaptable in League adaptable. of Legends. Bruce Lee, you be like, like water. water. You know, I love that. And because League of Legends, you have to embrace the solo, the chaos of solo queue. You know, yeah. and and if you're at the identity level player, it's like oh, this is my playstyle. And then suddenly, all the champs in their pool is like that champion. They, I just feel like you're so disadvantaged. You're limited. You're so limited. I mean. Uh, sometimes though, I actually like someone all leaning on their identity though. Sometimes, yeah, because because okay, let's just say the average player they don't have the time to put the hours that's into the true. game. That's true. That's true. So if, uh, let's just say I, I, I'm coming from a perspective. If you want to be a, a top exactly, a if you player. want to be a challenge player, but yeah. a lot of people they go to university, yeah. they go to work, they only have two or three hours after work to play. They don't want to spend that time learning a whole different style of mid lane. There's definitely an element of it as well where if you all in. You start you get, playing the you game. You get really good results by just all inning on your identity. Dude. And all in on your identity is good because yeah, you actually get higher elo. You play against better players. You actually become a better player. You do become a better it. player because as but well, if you all in on your players. identity, you get very. You find ways to figure it out. Yeah, that's I love, true. That's the that's the, good, the devil's advocate. There yeah. is like, if you all in on that identity, or that's what I did with playing Oriana, Zareth, and stuff. Right, I say I only play control mages. When I came up and against an assassin, I didn't just be like, oh, this game's over. I can't play. I found creative ways to navigate those matchups because mm. I was forced to. I wanted to. I had fun playing those champions, so I was incentivized to figure out a way to to navigate those situations, whether it was holding my wave in a certain spot, holding my abilities, building a certain way, pinging in a certain way, whatever, or, or taking certain runes or summoners and navigating them. You get very good it's at the game that way. It's definitely true, yeah. I mean, again, the only way I got to rank two challengers at UDA was literally I, I, all the counter matchups... Like, you know, at least was as hard much. I just figured out how to play. You just find it, found a way. I just found a way. And that mentality is actually really good. Sometimes. And then that, yeah, and that helped me learn every other champion pretty much, you know? Yeah, because you unlock, you un it's like this, the talent tree. Yeah, dude. the talent tree, you unlock a whole you new talent tree. You unlock a whole new talent tree by going yeah. to that next level. Because you're at a whole different level of champ mastery. Because you don't have to think about micro and things anymore. No. You understand the it's champion identity memory. so well. So, I mean, yeah, if you're the average player, I think all in your identity is very a very good strategy. But if you want to go pro, though, you gotta you gotta expand. There's no such thing as playstyles if you're a pro. You, if you're a pro, you're, yeah, you you're can't. playing comps. Yeah, you're playing to the meta. You know, you gotta adapt. It's adapt or die as a pro. What player. was the other the other word? So I'm um, synergy. You had synergy. Yeah, synergy. Uh, you know, this all came from Shern in the first conversation I had with Shern when I come back. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that? No, I don't. This is I, it sticks in my mind to this day. This was before I was a coach. Remember when I was in... Um, Are you saying after you, when we met Shun in Korea, the first boot camp in 20... In you remember when I came from Japan? Yeah, we, yeah the Korea, first boot camp. So I was in Korea with you guys in Busan, 2016. Yeah. End of 2016. And my f I had no idea what I was doing, right? And the first conversation I said with Shun, we're talking about... Um, we're talk what we're, talk we're talking about like teammates and synergy. We're talking about, I, I said like, oh no, that like... You need to have synergy as players or whatever. I said something like that. And he said, there's no such thing as synergy. I don't believe in synergy. And it, it really stuck with me because I do believe in... I, I actually believe there's actually... Synergy is a very toxic mindset. I can't remember off the top of my head where it all started. But anyway... So what does synergy mean? Synergy means 
two players. Yeah, two players. Two individuals that work really well together. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 where the where people use that term a lot is in bot lane, in, yeah, in mid two v two. Our team, you know, this mid jungle they have insane synergy, or this bot lane have insane synergy. Yeah, the reason why it's a little bit toxic to think about. Yes, it has advantages and disadvantages. Let's first talk about the disadvantages. Is it brings it away from the specifics. It brings it away from what specifically is allowing this to work. You can't just tie it down to to synergy. They just got good synergy. <laughs> you know, they just got good synergy. That's why they work. That's why they win. That, that's the end of the end of discussion. You know, they just all oh mingle that team. Is, you know, that bot lane they have so much synergy. Let's be more specific here. Like, what? Let's get into the nitty gritty. What are they doing specifically that is allowing them to take good trades or win this matchup or get pressure on this wave? Yes, they may be, and this is where I like. I prefer the word alignment. They are aligned on the how they need to play this matchup. They are aligned on their roles or what they, they understand what each other's roles are in that comp. They understand each other's roles in this in this two v two. If you're playing Thresh Ash, they know how they need to navigate that matchup together. They're aligned on how they view the matchup two v two. So I like to be more specific and use the word alignment because whenever I hear synergy, it's like, well, what am I going to take away from this? They're just synergy. They're just better players or like. How do I get synergy? Yeah. <laughs> so then you, then it's, okay, then the discussion leads to, well, okay, if they have synergy, how do we get synergy? Or like, uh, okay, we got to play more games together. And this so it, 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 it's the context that it's used. It's not so much the word itself; it's the context. It, that yeah, synergy it's not used. really the word; it's the context it is used yeah. and what happens as a result of yeah. using the word. Yeah. Um, and and he believed, Shern believed anyway that like any synergy tied directly with play styles. Got it. Right? Yeah. So, like, when when he was saying when, like, he hated when, like, coaches were trying to get a team together. And they said, this person has a good play style or this play style should work with this play style. He was saying, no, if a person has a play style as a pro player, they're not going to be good anyway. You're play- you, you can't have a mid laner that has a play style. You can't have a jungle that has a carry play style. No, they got to be able to play utility. they got to be able to play carry. Same as a mid laner. they got to play utility. they got to play carry. Those are play styles. And that's what he said after that. Play styles are trash. There's no such thing as synergy. They're either a good player or they're a bad player. That's what he said to me. And in my mind, I was in full defense mode. Like, no, what are you talking about? Surely there's synergy. Like, what about this player and this player? He said, no, they're just good players. You know, they're just... The, the, all around very good players. They're just all, all good players. Uh, perfect example. Wait, who's that guy, Curtis, that got Korean Challenger every single role? Every single champion, 130 champs, he played all champs. Oh, Showmaker. Was that Showmaker? Showmaker got like, he played like all different Isn't that such a perfect example? Showmaker played every champ. He's a a damn good player. And he's one of the world's best players. And he he plays, what did he do? He did did A to Z. He played every mid champ. Oh no, he played every champ. Every champ in every role. And in other roles as well. But he tried to play them all mid, but he played every champ essentially. Yeah. He's an insane player. And he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. That that says something. Yeah, he's insane. (laughs) You know, he was was like a cat one trick. He was a Katarina yeah. one trick. All right, that's a perfect example. <laughs> Katarina one trick into playing every single. But I always say that cat one tricks. It's like a really bad way to learn the game. Yeah. So this is kind of like ruins my theory. Got it. But I still think he's just an anomaly. Okay. I mean, yes, you learn that aggressive play, that like, style, which is good. But I still think if you if you rely on Katarina, you don't learn all the fundamentals of mid lane because you have no mana. Yeah. You, you can't that's manage true. the wave. Yeah, that, There's no wave management. Matter. Wave management doesn't exist. Yeah. That's mana, bad. mana rationing doesn't exist. Yeah. You can't ever. You have to. You have to rely on roams to get because th- you lose nearly every single one v one matchup. It teaches some things a lot, yeah. like positioning in team fights, like taking into account CC, side lane awareness, things like that. But 
there's a lot of things you don't learn. So I think I'm a bit hit or miss with that. With that, I'm still on the edge. I would. I'll tend to agree. I think Katarina is bad to learn. And in my experience, Katarina one tricks that I coach that they try to learn other other champs, they struggle so hard. They're probably like three whole divisions. Oh, dude! If you're a D four cat one trick, you're literally sometimes like a gold three mid laner. Yeah, fascinating. It's bad. Oh, that brings me to another thing as well, Curtis. I didn't realize this is sort of tied to mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that play on locked camera. Uh, oh, dude. I have that in my coaching clients all the time. It's bad. It's bad. I, I never thought about this because I thought you couldn't get... You couldn't How get, do you play with You it? couldn't get past bronze with a Yeah, I thought that camera. was the first thing you have to, to fix. I, I literally... I, I, I just had a, a diamond client yeah, diamond. join. Locked camera. Only plays on locked camera. Oh, man. How hard is it to, for skirmishers to review them? Because they're not soaking in any information. Information. It's coin flip. Everything's coin flip. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You probably you might even watch this podcast. I'm this guy. Yeah. You know the world's best silver player? Yeah. Yeah. The world, you love talking about <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. I, I have this client. He's the world's best silver player. And he TPs the skirmishes and he plays on locked camera, right? So when he TPs in, his camera's on his champion TPing. So he, when he gets into the fight, he has no idea what's happening. <laughs> That's great. He's going in blind. He's going in blind. <laughs> He's going in blind. He's like, I'm going in, guys. Let's wonder what's going to happen on the other side. <laughs> I love that. And it's like, funny. I was cracked up. It yeah. actually happened in the live coaching yeah. session. He's like, Cassidy and the team, he said, can't see what's happening. And he has to like, instantly assess the situation. <laughs> and that it cracks the funniest me up, thing. Dude, there's no way yeah. that he's good. I would want to play. And he's good. He's yeah. good. Dude, locked camera. Okay, if you're listening to this. And, uh, and the other thing, he's like, Cassidy, he goes to a skirmish, right? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like the jungles are fighting and he has no idea what's happening. So he's so scared. So he has to go around the long way. <laughs> And if he just walks there, he just gets a kill. And the Nunu's flashes away because he's too scared to go in. He doesn't know if Nunu snowboard or like what's happening. Oh, that's the funniest thing. It's like you miss so many oh. opportunities when yeah. it's so bad, dude. It's like the number one thing. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize. I was I was like, wow, that's that's a thing people can actually get. I get the diamond. Locked camera. I get the diamond, dude. So I'm just we laugh about it. It's probably uh, people out there like. Locked camera curse and Nathan just laughing at yeah, us, but it's not good. You miss out on too much information. Way too much. I I <laughs> cannot make we're laughing at it because we can't even make the best play because we don't have the information. I would struggle playing so I hard. would struggle and a lot of the, the coaching that I do Because league's all about information, processing information. That's I, all it is. One of the first principles I say is legal League of Legends is an information based game. It is. The more information we have, the better decisions we can make. Yes. The more the less information the enemy team has the worst decisions they'll make. And that comes into vision control yep. and denial, yep. right? That's that's at the base core. That's what it is. Yeah, information. And the more information you can process, that's what happens over time when you get better at the game with more experience. You just process more information. Quickly. And quicker, you can make quicker. better decisions. And it just happens as a, yeah. like a, it's like your default response. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. It's bad. It's a huge problem. Okay. You've, so if you play on dude, locked camera so right now. it's so easy to fix. I told people the solution. What's that? You go into practice tool. Yeah. Take it off. Take it off. Move it. You just take it off. Yeah. And... CS, just CS, yes. kill jungle okay. camps, chill. Do that for do that for a couple uh, of hours. Play music. Literally, mm. bring up Spotify, alt tab, play with music, relax, have fun, man. Yeah. Listen to your favorite song, yeah. get a playlist popping, yeah, and just sit there and CS, farm bots, whatever. Yeah. Do this for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, yeah. Then go into a into a normal game or even a bots game. Go to a, maybe even a bots game. Finish that. Go into a normal game. Unlock camera. Within the space of two hours. It's done. You'll be you feeling so? two fine. hours. I, I honestly think in two hours, okay. you can go from can't even navigate to you'll be completely fine. Okay. 
That's good advice, Curtis. I'll start, I'll start telling That's all I say. And just for like, you just play music. You don't even have to try hard. It's yeah. just the feeling you've of it. You've got to put in the hours because you've got it. You just simply cannot play League of Legends. You can't improve. You can have, you can toggle it when you're sometimes in certain situations. Some pro players toggle it. Yeah, in, during team fights and during, stuff. Sometimes they can toggle it. AD season. Yeah, AD carries sometimes toggle it. And like, you can sometimes even toggle it in laning phase if you want to. But you need to be able to get comfortable with not using it. And that's the, t- that's the dangerous thing. Skirmishes and things like that, you can't have it. Or when you're just painting your camera to a 2v2 or like whatever is happening. Yeah. You need to know. Oh, I that's think it's so funny. That's, that's the funniest thing ever. The Cassidy and... Oh, it's funny as... <laughs> TV in blind. Yeah, TV in blind. Going in blind. And the funniest thing is he's just like looking at his character <laughs> in the base. Yeah, like just, getting ready. It's like, he's just gonna... looking at the TV animation. <laughs> what's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> Oh, that's good. It's hilarious. That made my day. That made my week, Curtis. That's the funniest it's thing. It's a funny one, man. All right. Anyways, I think that maybe we should wrap it up yeah. for episode five it's a here. Positive note to wrap it up on. Um. All right. So a couple of housekeeping things. Yeah. So I'm still trying to work it on iTunes. I think it takes about a month. I Holy think that Apple's shit. really strict on this stuff. So I'm still figuring it out. Jesus. We've we've made a new YouTube channel. You're watching this on a new new YouTube channel. Yeah. I guess it doesn't even matter because if they're watching this, they yeah, have to be subscribed. So I'll make a post. Um, I will have made a post by yeah. now. Yeah. And I'll post them on as well. Post on yours. We're creating the new YouTube channel. All yep. the episodes will be on this YouTube channel from now on. And we're thinking of doing some clips. clips yeah. We'll things probably as well. get, we might even do a separate channel. I think. Let's keep it for the same for now. I think we keep it for now. Okay, keep it the same for now. It's like when millions of subscribers, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cool. Um, good sesh. And um, we'll see you next time. Next yep. um, Sunday night. No, wait. No, that's, that's this episode. Sorry. Uh, Friday, isn't it? Friday morning. Yeah, we record Thursday, so Friday morning, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but Thursday night for American European okay. people. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, All right, everyone, peace. for listening. We'll see you in Broken by Concept episode number six.